the Chill Sounds and Breakdowns podcast. We are on episode 36, and you know I had to had to finally get my dude on right now. Uh, which I've been like, you're one of the names I had like super uh, early on, like when this year when I try to get to like as many new people I wanted to. Appreciate um, it. And I'm super excited. But today we have Hunter Avant, and what's going on, man? Not much, man. I'm yeah. uh, stoked to be in. You know, like I've been watching your channel uh, a bit over the last couple months, and. Uh, yeah, I figured it'd be time that we get to hang again. Yeah. It's been a while since we've like played together. And it's hung been a out long time, stuff. yeah. Right, and yeah. it's it's kind of crazy how like far back we actually do like go. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like uh, I remember like uh, like Vita Versa shows that was 2013. Yeah, That's nine years ago, it's almost literally next year, oh, ten years. Wow, my God. That oh I, my god! I remember you. Uh, you were actually in there when we were recording like our first first iteration of like the EP. So you helped with doing like a lot of like the backing vocals and like the, I, all the tuning, all the tuning on the on the vocals and stuff. I, you were helping that. I forgot about that. Yeah, Brett. Brett did y'all's single or yeah, EP? It was an EP. Yeah, he did y'all's EP. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember walking in one day and he was like, he was like, Yo, Hunter, can you like listen to this real quick? You can you can sing harmony. I was like, Yeah. I was like, Dep- it depends what it is. And yeah. he showed it to me. I was like, All right, give <laughs> all right, it to me. And I was like, I was like, I'm. About to help the boys out and they don't even know. <laughs> I was so excited about that because, like, literally, I was like, I know jack shit about like doing harmonies, and you're just like, that's one thing. I mean, you've been like actually like trained in that way, and you've been yeah. like working on it like for quite a long time because I think that's where. May, and I don't know where it started, but I know you did that. Uh, was it at TCU or you did? Yeah. Uh, so um, the the first half of my degree, I would say like almost three quarters of my degree, I did at TCU, yeah. and then. Um, Whenever we found out that we, that we were pregnant, I oh, took a year off from school, yeah. <laughs> and then I came back to UTA and finished. And UTA and finished. Yeah. Okay. So well, was, and what was the degree exactly in? Uh, music education and performance oh, okay. with a vocal emphasis. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Which kind of leads into the stuff that you've been like – I mean, other than like you've been in like bands and stuff, but you actually uh, do a lot of teaching and stuff like that with it and, yes. and vocal coaching. As far as like – even from when I've known you, like you've been doing that super early on with like a lot of people. How is how – is, how does uh, I guess like that uh, being able to provide that like for other people like how, like feel? So uh, I I always tell people like no matter what I do with my career or, or try to do with my career, um, my original love will always be like education. Mm-hmm. Just for whatever reason, I always loved it. I think uh, why vocal coaching really stuck with me is even like being 19 years old and kind of you know going through. I already knew sort of that I wanted to do that as yeah. well as music in general. But uh, my vocal coach was a guy named Myron Ice. Myron Ice is the guy that taught uh, the three core pentatonics members. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Whoa. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. He's he's a, a absolutely amazing guy. The most charismatic and and uh, really he's professional but hilarious. Yeah. You know, the, the whole time. So I think that his spirit was like a big uh, influence on like what I wanted what I wanted to become. Mm. You know, he was such a, a part of my evolution because I used to believe it or not like have really bad like imposter syndrome really yeah really really bad and singing sort of helped me get out of that sort of introverted imposter space okay you know what i'm saying so uh you know he was a he was a really important person in my life that i knew um you know i idolized uh things that that were about him Mm. and uh and like i said that he was uh he was the vocal coach for the three core pentatonics members Mm. i also went to high school with them oh really so it was it's the three core and so it's the ones without it it was them without the bass guy uh, avi and then kevin i believe who's the cello player that beatboxes Uh uh-huh you know, so it was the core three singers. So the well. other, oh, okay, that's you could have been the, you could have been sixth member right there. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it is it is crazy. Um, so I started vocal coaching, I guess, when I was I wasn't even nineteen yet. So it's been about ten years. Okay. Um, I just always knew that I I love to see the looks on people's faces. Like I love getting like a what I call a good canvas. A mm. good canvas is like a person that is relatively at least good at singing and they mm. know nothing. Yeah. Because I think that the thing that's not really understood too well uh, about singing in general is that mm. there is so much more objective truths than people realize. Okay. You know what I mean? What, what do you mean by that? Objective truths. Like, uh, yeah. So an example would be a person like, you know, you ever listen to a recording yourself and you know that you hit the right note, but you didn't like the sound of it? Yeah. You know what I mean? People think it's because it's about pitch, but mm. it's more, it can be about a number of other things. Mm. Like, the, for instance, your voice will never show an emotion that is not on your face. 
Okay. Think about it like this. Okay. That, I mean, I, I kind of get that. That kind of makes sense, but go, go for it. Why does Billie Eilish succeed to sound dead inside? <laughs> okay. What does her face look like? <laughs> but it's on purpose. But, okay, yeah. It's a, it's a character voice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is a, this is a technique... A technique, a technique that's taught all the way from rock to Bach. You know what I mean? Okay. And everything in between musical theater, you know, jazz, everything. Mm. Um, another thing would be like, okay, so you don't like the way that that note sounds. Well, have you tried like a wider version of the vowel? Like more like horizontal space or more vertical space yeah. to kind of like alter the actual format of it? You know, like what are your lips doing? How engaged are they? <laughs> Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's not even the tip of the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah, no, like... <laughs> Just like hearing it, I'm like, I should be taking notes right now. But uh, oh yeah, but that's I mean, like there's there's so many things like that that, like you're saying, like a lot of people like think uh, or even if you have like natural talent, you're kind of good at singing, and or any like any talent specific. But that there's so many little like you know things like that. Like I said opening your mouth wide. That's like something like when I I think uh, we've recorded and stuff. It's like oh try. I think that's something like DJ was telling me. He's like oh try, you know, opening like a little wider. Like doing that. I'm like. I'm hitting the same note mm-hmm. though, but it does like sound different, and there's like tiny little things that do that. But that's that's cool to know that that's something that you have learned and like get to share like with other people. Because I'm, I'm sure like mm-hmm. you run into like a lot of people who are like super talented, like you're saying, and you're yeah. able to kind of like, hey, you're great, like let's make you like amazing kind of thing, and and be able to push them a little bit further than what maybe even them like initially thought. And especially like the last couple of years. So uh, three years ago, I picked up production and by picked up i mean i went absolutely obsessive <laughs> like unhealthy almost okay. but like <laughs> but it, but it was one of the greatest blessings that i could have you know done for for my career and the people that are involved mm-hmm. in my life that you know I'm, the, I'm their vocal coach and if i can tell you one thing that's different about being a vocal coach compared to um like my experience with guitar teaching or, or piano teaching or any other I play flute as well. I don't know if that matters. <laughs> to uh, add to the many lists of talent. I haven't, I haven't taught a flute lesson to someone in like six years or seven years. So I don't know if that's It's uh, still that's on the resume. It's fine. But um, uh, what I can tell you is that because whenever you deal with something like the voice, it's, it's, the, it's the instrument that you carry on you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's the thing that's most personal to you. It is a window into your soul. Yeah. You know what I mean? How you express it and how comfortable you are with it oftentimes will reflect kind of how comfortable you are with yourself and how much identity that you have yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So whenever... My students come in and they're sounding a sort of way. I find myself more often times than not like decoding things in their life. You know what I mean? Almost okay. being sort of like like a therapist yeah. simultaneously with with being a uh, vocal coach for mm-hmm. them. Because like sometimes you have to access those emotional places in those hard to reach areas to dig down and find the right emotion for performing yeah. to your best ability. And sometimes it means confronting your fears, which is like the really terrifying thing yeah you know what i mean uh, about it all but um i think that that's the thing that really really keeps it and i do have a number of singers that i would consider to definitely be professional grade mm-hmm. you know what i mean but i always say even if you're a teacher never stop learning i stay a student I yeah think everybody for life should stay a student that yeah that's like a concept that like i consistently keep running into because i've i've always felt that way of like i'd never i'm never gonna know enough or all of it like i can just keep trying to learn more about it and learn more about anything that i'm doing i was like there's always somebody gonna be doing something cooler and like if you stay in that box where you're like no this is the way i want to do it for him it's like that's fine but you're never gonna progress out of it like and 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 there's always gonna be someone finding innovations that's why like even with music when you run into stuff that are like you know what i really don't like this anymore yes but for someone that was pushing outside of what you were comfortable with. Yeah. That's why even like as I've grown, because I feel like I probably like ran into like an elitist period of my life where I was just like, oh, it's got to sound like this. You know what I mean? Like, it's got to be this. <laughs> I always tell people there was a, throughout my life, there are two different hunters that you met. You met the one before he did DMT and then you met the one after <laughs> he did DMT. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there was a there was a pre ego death and then a post ego death version of me. That <laughs> one was where I thought that everything, like I had this this really dull, immature sense where I thought it was a competition between me and others. Yeah. And then after that, I realized the only competition that matters is the competition between me and myself, mm-hmm. or better yet, my today's self versus my yesterday's self. Yeah. That was whenever I actually improved the most of my life. It's it is an interesting thing to really um come to terms with and uh i don't i can't 
point to, uh, point to when it happened for me. But I remember that where I was like, I need to make sure whatever I'm doing is better than whoever's next to me. And I kept worrying too much about that. And then, and so like, what wasn't even, I was, I wasn't even developing like my own style sound, anything that I liked. And I realized by the time, like I got to the end, I'm like, I'm making stuff that I don't even like, like, because I'm too worried about like, it's gotta be this above like whoever's, you know, uh, over there. And once I started dealing with like, you know what, I'm just going to make shit that I actually like enjoy. And I'm like, how do I get stuff better than what I did? Like, you know, mm-hmm. with my other songs and stuff that like I like will actually listen to again. Cause I started looking, I'm like, I'm not listening to like my old music at all. Like, or even like any music that I was putting out. I'm like, I'm like, this isn't like my favorite song. And I feel like it should be like, if I'm like creating yeah. stuff, like I should be so hyped on my own shit. Like, right. But I was too worried about like other people, you know? Exactly. And on that same note. So, um, this, I don't know, this might be a good segue into the next point, mm-hmm. but um, my first like metal band experience, I'll say my first my first band experience ever uh, was a pop rock band called Just Say Yes. And wow, that sounds awfully like, mm, nowadays <laughs> as a band title, right? Like, yeah. Just Say Yes. Just like, you know what I mean? Say, okay, it doesn't sound like... lighthearted and poppy at all. <laughs> not, not going back, but whenever you're 16 years old, you don't know better. But yeah. <laughs> I'll say the drummer named the band, not me. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so that was... Uh, I don't know if you know who like Kate Arsenault is or mm. Alex Moss. He's a, he's a guitar player. Mm. He plays in a band. They play it like rustic all okay. the time and stuff. He's a great guitar player. Mm. And then uh, the bassist was Clay Gober. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Fuck. me, mm. if you don't know, uh, me, so me and Clay Gober were uh, like best friends, from, like sandbox best friends from okay. the time we were like three years old until yeah. we were like 17, 18. Damn, in the sandbox that long? Yeah. Can I curse on this? Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I don't know like. Fuck, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) But um, but yeah. So like the story with that is, you know, we uh, we were in a band. um, uh, Our I think I joined Just Say Yes when I was sophomore, something like that. Mm -hmm. So when I got in the band as a pop rock, I had absolutely no experience with style music. I had never heard Mayday Parade before. I'd never heard like Go Radio or any of the bands that like they were like trying to get me to sing like. Yeah. So they're straight up telling me to like emulate these artists. And whenever I'm writing vocals, try and like do it as if they were doing it. Yeah. And God, like, going back, it was one of those days where, like, you wish you could have met your older self so yeah. your older self could have been like, get out. Yeah, get out now. now. <laughs> get out. Go, go, go. This is bad for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, I, I went through that, and it did help me realize that in singing, if you want to get the best that you possibly can, you have to get weird with it. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't use, like, the emulatory route to do that. Yeah. You know, I would literally just get, like, Ace Ventura with it. <laughs> you <laughs> okay, know what I mean? Like, would... I tell people, like, sometimes the right amount is, like, farther than you think. They think the singing is, like, talking. Yeah. The vowel formations are not like that. The spacing and the amount of pressure and stuff like that is is not, it's not yeah. like that of singing. But uh, the flip side was uh, after that band kind of went through, me and Lane Duskin were friends from high school. We were, like, really close friends. Yeah. And, um... So he got in Polyphia. I'd come over there. I'd already met the guys. Like, I was... This was... 2011. We were children. (laughs) Yeah. Little little kids. And uh, this is before Clay was in the band. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is when we had Ryder Johnson Mm -hmm. from uh, Even Cameras Lie. Shit. Okay. Yeah, he was the the bassist. And I I tell you, being 17 years old and watching that dude, he can sweep on a bass. On a bass? I'm not, dude, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And it was clean. He was the youngest member of the band. He was like barely 17. Fuck. Like fresh 17 sweeping on a bass. I'm just like, what in the... <laughs> and he was like riding the part. Dude, it was nuts. But, um, so whenever I got in that band, um, so they'd already had the EP with Lane's vocals mm-hmm. uh, released on it. They started to practice and uh, they were like, yo, Lane, we love your screams on it, but like, that's just kind of like nuts to, to sing. He's like, do you know anybody that can sing it? And he goes, I think Hunter can. And I'm like, <laughs> me over here, who's never hit, like at that point in time, I'd never touched like a high C before. Okay. Or anything like that. I hadn't really ever sung metal in my life. I'd sung like Van Halen and, okay. you know, <laughs> I mean like classic metal, classic rock, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. But it, it was quite different. And uh, so that was a really big process. And, and I just remember them, uh, they, the guy showed me uh, a Skylight Drive. Oh, shit. You know okay. what I mean? As yeah, an example. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, m- me at uh, 18 years old, imagine me a baritone being told, hey, listen to this guy and sound like him. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm like, I'm like about to punch myself in the balls. Be like, ready, let's go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all that. So it was, it, a little, it was a little <laughs> overwhelming, but like, 
I will say, uh, I think the reason that Clay got so good at bass is because the pressure of being in that band mm-hmm. is immense. And I mean, it's like, it's like you got to be up and on it. You know what I mean? And constantly improving, constantly moving. Yeah. You know, like with that band, there's very few chinks in the armor, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. No, 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 no. Especially like you, with their trajectory, just even seeing it like album after album, project after project, it's just everything is elevated like from them so yeah and being able to see that like even just like i just saw them at so what this weekend and seeing how they've grown and how they live show because i've seen yeah. them play tomcats and now seeing them play like like you know then <laughs> yeah. like that i'm like dude it's it's insane like my opinion of them has always they're really fucking good it's like mm. and it hasn't changed but even with time like it's still like they're really fucking good it's not like how good they were here like they're even better like but my stance on them is still like Fuck, dude! Like these guys, like live, like and breathe this shit, like to make oh, yeah. it sound that, make it look and sound that easy. Now, uh, no, I'm, I'm obviously here to be transparent. Yeah. Um, my experience with with their music is that whenever I got in the band, I'm not going to lie, I mainly because I, I like Dragon Force. Okay, mm-hmm. I actually liked Dragon Force. Yeah. Okay. Whatever, back in the day, you know, not just through the fireplace, but like Heroes of Our Time was like one of my favorite songs by them. And uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, Inhuman Rampage. Damn. That's he's... a really good song by them. Um, but. I wasn't a fan of the music at all, mm-hmm. to be honest. But I I did like the clap because I was young and in vain. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but what I can say, the flip side is that I'm like, damn, what I would do to sing for him now? Because <laughs> now I'm a now I'm a, I'm a ghostwriter and a and I write uh, for four other artists. One of them is a national artist, Shit. and. Um, you know, like I write in those genres now, those pop and R and B genres. I, mm. I mess with it. I write songs and sell songs daily. Not daily, but like weekly, uh, biweekly, I guess. Wow, and that's what because uh, that's one of the other things I wanted to touch on. There's so many like things that you're doing, like with music, but ghostwriting. How, how long have you been doing that now? So when I started, um, when I started producing, it was like three. I think it was three and a half years ago now. Mm. Um, two years ago was the first time that I ever sold a song idea. Okay. And then I joined like the, it's called like, like music and producers forum or something like that on Facebook. It's a Facebook group. I just remember posting a couple clips of stuff that I wrote and, um, it started like people started messaging me and I started just kind of networking after a while I started just doing a little bit of free work, Mm -hmm. you know, just collabs or whatever. And then I started getting hit up for, uh, commissions. Like people would have, uh, like an instrumental Mm -hmm. and they'd be like, okay, can I pay you to like, um, I'd have like this bundle where I'm be like, okay, I'll write the vocals, I'll track them at my studio, I'll edit them, I'll even track harmonies and stuff like that. I'll send you unprocessed version and a stem like or like a stem version and a processed version or whatever, mm-hmm. and so they can have that. Um, and then after a while of doing that, um, you know Subu, Subu, Subu Bondari. You don't know him. Mm-mm. He's in For All I Am and stuff like that. He was in From Dust Till Dawn, Forever Ago. Oh Remember shit, this band. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But okay. he yeah, so me he's he's one of my homies. He lives in Fort Worth too. Okay. He's on he's on seventh. You could go out to seventh and you got a fifty fifty shot of seeing that seeing him. <laughs> on, on any night. On any night. But yeah, he's a he's a good buddy of mine. And uh there was this guy named uh Dariush or his uh his dubstep name is Mashbit. Okay. And he was looking for a singer for this song that uh him and this uh other dude named Decadon, his name is Donnie Miller. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Decadon, if you don't know, he's a uh, he's another he's a national dubstep artist that um, is under Subsidia Records, which is Excision's record label. Excision's. Yeah, if, if he's like, I don't know, how do I explain Excision to somebody who doesn't know? Imagine, <laughs> imagine if there was a Mount Rushmore of dubstep. Okay, okay, <laughs> shit. As okay. if that would be that would just be so lit, so lit. It would be like Skrillex, Diplo, kind of yeah. Excision, and like. Insert one more here. Insert one um, more. Here. There's okay, four so on the same four, label. Right? Yeah. It, well. Uh, yeah. So he Degadon is under Excision's label. Oh, okay. So, gotcha. but him and Mashbit made the song together, and they were looking for a vocalist, mm-hmm. and they knew Subu. Subu asked me. We linked up, and then we became like super good friends. And we made a a song called Love and Regret. Mm-hmm. I only wrote the vocals, and I I tracked it. And they they just sent me the instrumental essentially. Okay. And whenever we released it uh, under Subsidia, uh, it got signed to Excision's label. Mm-hmm. Um, it hit number 24 on the international dance music charts. Fuck. Yeah. And then... How the fuck does that feel? Like? <laughs> well, I, I had no idea. Like, uh, I just thought it'd be like a 
just like a normal thing. Yeah. You know? Um, and then I woke up and they're like, yo, like it shot up like 200 K or something like that. in in a, in a day or two. And I was <sighs> what like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? Yeah. And then, and then just people that were fans of those people or friends of those people. It just, the general gist is that word of mouth is as powerful of a thing. Yeah. Like, take like as, as, as awesome as social media is. Like, just doing cold, hard work, and if you really care about it, and you really love it, and you're consistent about it, and that's what you really want to do, and you just beat it, and if life tells you no, you say yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's... I say it's just as powerful now as it was 30, I, 40 years ago. It's one of the things, like, it, I, word of mouth is just so much... It feels a little closer and more personal, more tangible thing of, like, a record... Especially, like, if people are recommending you, like, and saying, like, hey, I've, I've personally worked with this person... Like, you should work with them, too. Like, oh, when we work together, like, they put out this. It was great. That's – I'm going to probably trust that a little bit more than anything I'm reading or what I'm watching because I'm like – there's tons of things that could be happening, like, behind the scenes before you get to a song. And then I've had so many experiences where you're like – you hear a product or you hear something. I'm like, that sounds fucking great. And then you hear the story behind it, and it was a fucking nightmare. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, again, that word of mouth comes from, like – and that was that's still like you know the still word of mouth like it could easily travel for good and it could easily travel for bad but like i'm gonna trust that element for and also like if these people are like friends or in the same community or what they're talking about like i'm probably gonna trust like the opinions and like i know who who's you know yeah. word i'm at trusting and it's definitely carries a little bit more than what i can see i mean i love social media and the fact that it lets people link up with people they would never ever get the chance to like work together with i mean that's great but a word of mouth uh recommendation or just like hey how to make connections with people seems to be the way to immediately and directly like be able to contact and get an avenue into like somewhere where you're uh it would may have taken like back channels and all this crap like to get through them just to like through social media or online or anything like that so it definitely is i think it's still as powerful as it has always been it is and it's it's been um and I used to think that I could sort of work my way up, uh, like through the social, like social media ladder. Mm-hmm. But I think the core of that concept not really working as well as the organic way was that the way that my parents raised me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was very like competitive in nature and everything like that. But I was also to, you know, be very personable and, and honest. Even if I had cocky issues when I was young, mm-hmm. I was always very honest what I thought. Yeah, you know and. Whenever I started really just, you know, buckling down and saying, like, this is what I love in my life and I want to make a difference, like, even more happy than I'm, – I'm more happy with, like, seeing the faces on, like, like my students whenever they've made a sound they've never made or hit a yeah. note that they've never hit. That makes me happier 10 times out of 10 than putting on a dope performance myself. 10 times out of 10. Yeah. I think it will always be that way. If it's already been this way for a decade – I think that that's uh, that's what drives me, you know, mm-hmm. to keep making really good, honest business and to always stay a student, even if I'm teaching. Like like we said earlier, yeah. My students ask me that, like, would you take vocal lessons from an from another like vocal coach that you respect? And I said, okay, let's get this straight. Just because I'm a vocal coach, if you think for five seconds that if someone let me take like a month in person course with Steve Mackey, who's like, yeah, who's like Jennifer Lopez and like. <laughs> All them. If you let me take a month lessons with him, I would literally sell my left nut to do that. <laughs> like you got to be crazy, bro. I stay a student, and I'm looking, I'm looking for the best opportunities and the best avenues to just fill up my bank of knowledge so that I can just spread it. That's that's gonna say like, because you know that you're not the only one getting benefit from that. Like I'm trying to make any wave of yeah. people. And then, like, they, you know, like, exactly, like, if you're still learning, then that means your students will always have even more, like, to keep learning from you. And then, again, spread out to, like, whoever you can learn from. Like, there's so many different teachers, and you're you're always, even when you're trying to teach someone, like, I, 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 don't, I don't know what experience I had recently, but I was showing someone how to do something, and then, like, they offered me, like, an alternative option to do something, and I'm like, huh. I was like, you're right. I was like, okay. And it's just one of those moments, and you get those a lot from like people you're learning from and from people where people are like, Oh, I like didn't even think about that. Or like, because you get so used to sometimes in like your own way of like doing things and learning things that sometimes you forget that like, Oh, there's always like the thing you're missing because you're, you know, in a rut or whatever. But Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely staying a student is, is a motto that I've like maintained with like everything. And I'm like, just keep learning. It's like, cause it's, it'll, there will always be, once you learn everything about it, like there's going to be double the amount already 
that you need to relearn or like keep learning. You know what I mean? Like it's always evolving. I just remembered. So this is this loops into a really cool story. So you know that exact uh, that exact topic that we're having right now. The person that actually sort of like woke me up and said like, hey, hey, remember like you know keep a good intention so that you can you know develop a good word of mouth and like always I don't know always stay in a competition with only yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That person was actually Austin Post. Really? It was Post Malone. What the fuck? Okay. Was, so the story is, um, when I was in Bolivia, and this is something that I don't think a lot of people know at all. Mm-hmm. I think I've told this to maybe like five or six people ever, but it's a true story. Okay. Okay, so uh, when I was in Polyphia, we played this venue card called uh, Starwood Studios. Do you remember this venue? Yeah, okay. Over yeah, there Tanner, in, uh, Tanner's dad owned yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so one of the shows there... It was Polyphia and a band called Love and Colors. Mm-hmm. Love and Colors was fronted by Austin Post or Post Malone. Yeah, and he was the he was the guitar player and lead singer, rhythm guitar player and lead singer. And they were a stoner indie rock band. And he, <laughs> when I say he sings way different in that style <laughs> music than he does as Post Malone, I mean it's like on a whole other planet. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but um, I remember his band uh, had they had this school bus that they gutted out and put like beds in or something okay. like that. Yeah. So they could tour in it. And I remember we went in that inside that thing and, and hot boxed the shit out of it. <laughs> and we had like this long talk. And one of the things they told me, he goes, he goes, man, it's all chill. Like, remember it's just a competition with yourself. And that's still, <laughs> that's still like, like 10 years later, that still, uh, rings to me. So it's funny that we brought that up. Cause that was actually like post Malone was the first person that that's ever, fucking funny. <laughs> that ever showed this to me. And that was the craziest thing, too, because, like, the last time we played with him, mm. like, like, people don't know, Polyphia and Post Malone actually played a show together what in front fuck? of, like, 40 people, <laughs> like, nine months before both of them blew up. What the fuck? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know. It's one of those things that you just got to be in that corn cornhole. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to be in that right shit. in that moment at the right time, or else it just doesn't exist to anybody. That if I t- when I tell that to people with no context, they're like, "You full of shit. <laughs> You're totally full of shit. No way." But I'm like, honestly, now I want to see Post Malone Plivy collab. That right doesn't though, seem far fetched though. Like it now, does you know not. What I mean? They got Trippy Red. Trippy Red's on their new album. Trippy Red, yeah. Uh, Trippy Red recorded at Never Satisfied, which is the studio that I'm doing my album with currently. Fuck. That's a, that's that is true. Let's touch on that. You just signed to start doing your solo like debut album, right? Yes. Um. So, I uh, I go in. I believe it's not this coming Wednesday, but the following. So it's gonna be like the second week in June. Okay. If you're watching this later on. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I'm recording with uh, Never Satisfied uh, Productions. Brandon mm. Crabtree is the uh, he's the resident oh, producer there. Nice. Yeah, if you don't, if you're in the band, you know he was the the guitar player for like Ivory Line and uh, Hollow Wealth and Euphony. You're right. I know one of the greatest freaking metal bands ever. Grace Dallas. God, I, I'm so oh. mad at how long I knew them before like they broke up and stuff. But anyways, yes, Brandon Crabtree's amazing. Yeah, so he's the resident producer there. He did Lightfall's EP. Mm-hmm. If you guys have heard Lightfall stuff, that's Brandon's production. It's absolutely amazing. Huge fan of everything that he does, but he's become an absolute fiend monster of production. Yeah. For pop, rock, R&B, hip-hop, you name it. You know what I mean? And um, we're going to try and make something really unique. He knows that there's about 50 different genres that spin around in my head, <laughs> but he knows me. You know, He yeah. knows me as a musician and a creator. Um a lot of the songs that I sold, I sold uh, in 2021, I sold 21 songs. Okay. And so far this year, I've sold 12. Damn. And I think Already. out of, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a faster year. Um, but yeah, me and Brandon have been working together at that studio. Uh, whenever I ghostwrite for artists, mm-hmm. the, the artists, that, well, three of the artists that I ghostwrite for go up to that studio. Oh, okay. And I meet them up there and we do production and, and writing and everything like that. Um. If you know who, if you, any of you guys know who Lardy B is, she's one of my students. Lardy B, <laughs> yeah, she's okay. a par- she's a parody artist in, in Dallas. If you never watched her her parody videos, she's she's blowing up. It's awesome. She <laughs> she does a cover of WAP, except it's Wings and Pizza. Wings and Pizza. Yeah. Oh, wait, I have seen fucking that. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. She's she's a she's, a, she's signed. <laughs> she's signed to the actual uh, production company. And uh, if you guys don't know, I gotta plug them. 
Never Satisfied Productions in Carrollton, Texas. Nice. They've uh, they've done some gold records, I believe, for like I think it was Kodak Black. They did Ray Shrimmerd. Okay. Uh, they've done a couple singles with Chris Brown. Uh, they just had Eric Bellinger in, who just won a Grammy. Shit. Uh, they had yeah they had uh, they just brought in some chick that's written like five or six songs for Taylor Swift. Um, Fuck. Yeah, and then uh, one of, like people, there's such cool people that just walk around up there all the time. Like uh, this guy named Yayo. Yayo mm. is and has been Little Wayne's drummer for 15 years since like the Carter Three or something like that. Fuck. Yeah, he's just up there all the time. You walk in there, he's like, "Yo, what's up, Yayo?" <laughs> what the fuck? It's, it's just so cool. And uh, the owner of the studio, Radio Raheem, he's mm. a absolute like he's a hip hop R&B legend mm-hmm. around here. He's been in the game for like 20, 25 years. This guy, we're talking. I think it was like. Three months ago, he flew up to New York to go pick up G Easy and flew him back to the studio so that they could have a soft listening party for his album. And he just did it out of just out of like fucking nowhere. He's just like, hey, I'm gonna go. Pick I was, up yeah, because my session was that night. Whenever they came in, they're like, oh, by the way, G Easy's just like, what? <laughs> what? What the fuck? Damn, I, I, that's just a normal Thursday for his ass. You know what I'm saying? But like. So how does that feel like just to be like in the in the same place like uh I mean you kind of know what you're in there like doing like for yourself and stuff. I feel like I mean anybody I I would right off the bat like for me I'd be like oh that's probably like kind of intimidating but I think for someone who's been doing it like what you have been doing for like the time you've been doing I feel like you just fit right in. You know, whenever I first started popping up there um they're a very tight-knit family, mm. you know, and so whenever they see someone in that's that's new pretend like i'm like a little orphan lion cub okay mm-hmm. it'd be like me coming in like i'm not threatening or anything to them but i'm unknown yeah you know what i mean they have a pride and so it's just like that process of me like proving that i'm you know pure of heart yeah you know what <laughs> I, mean? I am valued <laughs> you know what i mean um but it, it was just sort of that thing you know and, and it was just all love we came together and you know, the ghostwriting thing, it really helped. And I've dragged more of my students up there and started writing uh, for them. Um, I write all the music for an, uh, for an artist named Merced. Mm-hmm. He's a Latin reggaeton artist. He's got songs that are in English, Spanish, Italian, and Bosnian. Merced. Yeah. It's just Merced. Like, you can look it up on YouTube. Yeah. It's it's a really catchy shit, I'm telling you. Yeah. Like, it, it is it's definitely in the Latin reggaeton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a very poppy. It's got those those hooks that get stuck yeah. in your head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh... You know, I've, I've been writing his stuff. We're already on album two for him. I'm 15 songs deep with him. Damn. And uh, yeah, and, and I would I want to shout out Anthony Soto as well. If you guys know Anthony, Anthony Soto. Yeah. Do I? I don't know. Do I? Do I? <laughs> well, you're gonna know him soon. He's uh he's one of my really powerful rock singers that uh, I'm I'm teaching my ways. <laughs> teaching my ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's fire. He can he can scream and sing like pretty damn good. Um. Where was I? I'm getting my lost train of thought. Uh, you were bringing people up there. Oh, you were, yes. Yeah. I, was bringing, I was bringing people up there, and they just started to notice, like, okay, you know, he fucks with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, after a while, I started kind of saving up money from all the work that I've been doing mm-hmm. and uh, put a down payment on the album. We just came there. We, we dropped, like, a fat stack down on him. We're like, the time has come. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's fucking we do all, this. We all sat at the round table, and it was really... <laughs> It's really formal and everything, um, but it was it was super intimidating, you know, coming in there being like, I'm just not used to that, you know what I mean? I'm, I I felt like Haley Williams probably did when she jumped from a warp tour stage to an arena stage. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you think that you're a big fish and then you jump in the ocean. You jump in, the- yeah. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like that's. I definitely got that sense, and you know, with all that comes like the questioning yourself, and like, oh, I think this is good, but shit, I'm afraid to show this person because they'll probably think it's trash. <laughs> Their best friend probably wrote a song twice that good yesterday. Uh, yeah, that that would be the fucking intimidating shit where you 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 are like you were saying, like a big fish in what you've been doing. It's like, oh yeah, I'm good, and then you run into people who are like. Yeah, like we're also good. You know what I mean? Like that's why, like I always hear that comparison when people. Uh, it's it, for some reason it's always like in in college sports and people are like, oh, like why are they really good in college? And then like when they get to the professional, like it's not, they're not they don't shine as much. And it's like, oh, that's because like in college, like they're good and everybody else is okay. Like in for when you go professional, yeah. like everybody's on that level. It's yeah. like everybody's just as fast as you are and this and that. He's like, so it's definitely a lot harder. So it's it's kind of. 
getting into that level and also be like, okay, like I'm I'm here, like now I have to elevate to where these people are at, you know, and, and like you said, like earn earn like the respect but also earn the exact like work that they're doing like be able to match yeah. like the type of like you know work that they put in um but like i feel like you you've got like it's, since i've known you like there's always this attitude about it like where it's like i can i can get this shit done you know what i mean like let's mm. fucking just like do it and, i got and, no option bro yeah, like, <laughs> like, like that's kind of like what it feels my my mom was the one that raised me to be like that my mom is very like my, very sweet woman and, and stuff like that, uh, but she is man, she's a hard ass, bro. My mom is a hard. <laughs> my mom is tough as nails. My mom is a sixty-seven-year-old woman that still hits the gym regularly. Nice, you know what I mean? Like she wakes up with that angst. <laughs> you know that mean? angst. Yeah. She really, she really does. But it's, it's good. It's good. And you know, it, it was reflected on me. My dad is definitely more like he. First of all, he's one of the most ingenious artists, like a visual artist mm-hmm. that I've ever met. But it's strange because I can't draw a stick figure right, and yeah. he can draw John Wayne from memory, and it looks more like John Wayne than John Wayne looks. <laughs> but but he's tone deaf and he can't play any instruments. Whoa! Yeah. So does any of your family like do music? Yeah, I'm um, my distant uncle that I'm not close with at all mm. is a professional opera singer. But. Other than that, no. Other than that, no. <laughs> no, I don't have any musicians in my family. It sucks. I wish I like grew up and I was like, yo, like I'm gonna play the keys, go off on the guitar. Like, yeah. It wasn't like some Jackson Five type shit. <laughs> I wish, I wish, dude, <laughs> more than anything. But like, um, but yeah. So like, I just, I would just say, whatever it comes to getting stuff done for better or for worse, you know, all mental inhibitions out of the way. Mm. You know, that was the thing that was hardwired into me, and I think that really helped me stride through some of the more shitty areas of kind of building, you know, what would become a good career. And I always tell people, for the record, like, uh, at Never Satisfied, they know know me as a ghostwriter there, but they're just getting to know me as, like, an artist and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Half of them then didn't even know that I was, like, a vocal coach primarily. (laughs) Until okay. I was there for a year, just because they only know me as a ghostwriter. Yeah. You know, like, I go up there and I write songs for other people. You know what I mean? True. And like, then, every week, every Thursday for two, for like a <laughs> year. And um, and so they, they started discovering that, but they're like, okay, people always say that it's really hard to make like a sustainable income as a musician. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. You know, yeah, you would say yeah, that's that. one of the, arguably one of the hardest things to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and they, the obvious answer is, oh, you blow up, you're there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just want to blow up and act like I don't know nobody. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But like, um, no, because they know that they know that I've got like a wife and kids now. Mm-hmm. And so my answer to that is, you know, they always say like the millionaire mentality is you have multiple sources of income. Yeah. If I just vocal coached, I wouldn't make a great amount of money. Mm-hmm. If I just ghost wrote, I wouldn't make a great amount of money. You know, yeah. if I just did top lines, I wouldn't make a good amount of money. If I was just a gigging performer, I wouldn't make it. But you gangbang all those things together, and it makes a really good money sandwich. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's no different than that than that millionaire mentality. I'm not. I'm not a millionaire. Yeah. I, I do not. I was like, make, is this a millionaire? Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't make. I don't make six figures. <laughs> I, do, I do not. Like, let's get that straight. And I, I stay home. <laughs> yeah, like I, I get to mostly stay home. I have my home studio and everything, but. um that's always something that I always I get asked a lot, mm-hmm. you know, because they're always curious. They're like, "Do you work any other sort of job?" I'm like, no, I haven't in five years, five six years. That was like music? a part part time job. Yeah, I had wow. a part time job five six years ago, mm. but I just I was like dead set on like really following it. Yeah, you know. Um, but where was I going forward? <laughs> <laughs> I know we're on like this great train. Okay, so we already went through Polyphia. Um, Polyphia, oh. you started recording your oh. album. They're getting to know you as oh, an artist. Oh, oh. So uh, one of the two tracks that I wrote earlier this year, uh, one of them I scored a feature with uh, Twista, mm-hmm. who's uh, like a plat- the platinum selling rapper. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one I wrote that got a feature from Aaron Carter. What the fuck? Okay. I know, right? right. <laughs> and then after that, I got hit up by um, his manager who works under Universal mm. and was like, yo, we've been shopping songs at like this bil- at this building that they, I don't know, shop songs with. They're like, mm. we actually like the two songs that you sent us more than any of the ones that we were shopping. Could we like potentially talk about like a ghostwriting deal for Aaron? And I was like, 
understand, like, I'm a person that watched Lizzie McGuire growing up. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, like, grown up, and I'm like, dude, my five-year-old self would think I was so cool right now. Like, <laughs> Full circle moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? But my secret goal is to work it around and get to Nick Carter. <laughs> I want I want to meet Max Martin, you know what I mean? I want to write a song with Max Martin if you know who he is. He's the guy that wrote all, all the Backstreet all the Boys Backstreet and Boy the bangers. Britney Spears songs and stuff Fuck. like that. Yeah, that's a... I'm Brandon, or Dialogue at the studio, my producer, is mm. uh, the same way. Like, him and I are on the same goal. We have the same, like, <laughs> idols and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like, that's... <laughs> that's sort of uh, a way that I... I tie that together yes but um i do start my album process uh in a week it's gonna have a lot of really cool different sounding songs on it mm-hmm. it's gonna i'm gonna try and definitely put some metal elements in it but it's gonna be like a ele- like electronic metal mixed with like pop and really intense vocals okay. and stuff like that a lot of cool I... overlapping stuff i'm gonna try and make it like a, a soundscape really Ooh. colorful intense album it's got really real lyrics, you know. God knows if anybody knows about my life, they know that there's been some <laughs> been, pretty been through some crazy shit. stuff. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I'll put it this way: on the same day that, or uh, I would say close to the same day that Johnny won his trial, mm-hmm. I won a trial for something very, very similar to that, and it was an entirely mocked-up thing. What the fuck? Yeah, and it was a unanimous decision by um, by the jury I, uh, someone said that I slapped their arm and bruised them and they found out basically that the size of the finger didn't fit. holy shit like they had to go <laughs> and that, that they, fucking and that they did it to themselves afterward and that whenever they tried to take a photo inside of my car uh-huh. and I slapped the phone out of their hand with the phone I picked it up and handed it back to them and then they put it on themselves like that and then Basically, did the whole thing. What? Called the, the police, blah, 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 blah. And then it got debunked. And it was like the two or three days before Johnny Depp went through the exact same thing in one. I'm just like, dude, like the. the it's, it's just okay. un- yeah. it's uncanny, dude. Yeah. And uh, bear in mind, I have never laid a hand. I just want to put this out there. I have never laid a hand on a woman before. Mm-hmm. Ever. I never would do that. Absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? But I just found it was, it was pretty crazy. But uh, the moral of that, what I'm rounding around to, is that. So much life, and that's only an example, uh, has gone by, you know, good, bad, ugly, weird, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's, I have a four or five year rule. It's been five years since, uh, at least five years since I wrote the Life All EP. I was literally about to ask, like, when was the last time you wrote? Because I'm like, you probably yeah. got a five, so five, about <clears throat> five years since the. Yeah, and, uh, and then it was another three or four that the Vita Versus album was. Oh, um, damn. Yeah, the tran- that was no, that was the Transcendence EP. That was, our album was called Nomads. 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 I remember my own album. Nomads. I <laughs> I remember that album. I remember that album, and I remember one specific part of the song, and I always bring it up. And I don't know why. Like I'll bring up it's uh, what's the song called? It's called Cardiac Atrophy. But you do this fucking thing, and it's my favorite thing ever. But it's like, what is that? Uh, some da, 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 da. some fucking um, weird ass little rise dun, 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 dun. Yeah. every time I bring it up, I'm like, I'm like, bro, hold on, shut up, like, listen to this part. Um, but so, that I remember, yeah, like that was that song was uh, that song was one of the last ones uh, tracked on our album. So <clears throat> during the album process, and while we were at the studio, so I was dating this this chick, and we had this breakup. Bear in mind, we tracked the we tracked the album at uh, at Chango B with Sean Christmas in Orlando. We spent mm. two weeks there, and um, I went through this <laughs> really messy, like ugly crying breakup. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> during this, and, uh, and cardiac atrophy was like the song that came like out of all that energy, mm. and like I think Sean, the screamer of the band, was yeah. like kind of pissed as well because i think him and his girls like relationship was deteriorating so it was like both the vocalists in the band were going through this like <laughs> like high tension situation yeah. and i just like needed to release it really bad and and that was the song that that came out of it and uh i will say like about about all the nut stuff like you know you know i i have a taste for that stuff that's mainly because i grew up on hair metal that's yeah. the reason i sing that way um even though i was a baritone i was like i'm gonna stretch my voice and i'm gonna get it get it there See those, i don't yeah. care whatever i have to do but uh, 
that was I would say the Vita Versus album was like the last album that I ever did where I I was just like done being emulatory. Like from there I set out and I was like, I'm gonna question everything about not question. I'm going to find out everything about myself. Mm. You know what I mean? As a singer, I'm going to find out like the natural things in my voice. I didn't even have grit in my voice when I was in Polyphia or really when I was in Vita Versus at all. Yeah. You know I, heard, I, mean? I heard that a lot more after. Yeah. Like there was many techniques that I just didn't have in my voice yet because I didn't experiment because I was too busy always thinking about like, you know, like I got to be like this because this other artist is like this, Yeah, you know, but I think that that road to self discovery, uh, makes a more honest performance and makes more comfortable vocal mm. performance. You know what I mean? You never know until you experiment, you know? True. Said every scientist ever. Said every... <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember like, uh, that project, and I was like... Because I was... I was I am. Not, not was. I am, like, a very big fan of, like, your vocals, and I've always I been. appreciate it. Um, and I, I think you know that, because I think I've always, like, told him, like... I'm I a fan of yours, love, too, like, dude. I've always been I'm... a fan of yours. <laughs> Anyways, but no, like, yeah, like, you've... Just because, like, you uh, – one of the stuff that, like, you get to do, I'm like, I fucking, like, want to do that. It, yeah. just, it was, like, an inspiration to, like, be able to – it was one of my inspirations to, like, push a little bit more than, like, it's like oh, what the fuck's going to happen? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to find out, like, what I can do and not. But, like, that – I remember um, the light – I remember when you guys came out with light, the Lightfall EP, the after – um, you guys came out with Rose Gold, and Rose Gold to to this day is one of the songs I keep playing because that song is Aww. just so well like made, and I was so excited because like that was the first single of like new stuff, and then like I, I mean I don't know what happened with all that, but like <clears> then nothing <throat> else came out. I'm like fuck, like I feel like uh kind of when like you were hitting a stride and stuff was coming out, I'm like oh then it's done. <laughs> Man, we were we were all um we were all really stoked about whenever our, our EP our EP came out um, and whenever you know we started promoting the music video and the music video went like viral it was awesome um, whenever we started deviating I really liked the more like it was still hard it still had like breakdowns stuff like that but it had other like R&B like pop elements mm-hmm. in it where that would introduce more diverse styles of singing because that yeah. was whenever i'd started figuring out my voice more when i was gigging like all the time yeah like i was i was playing pop hits i was you know playing everything from michael jackson to charlie pooth you know what i mean mm. and so my my understanding of singing and things that i wanted to write and sing was evolving yeah and so whenever you've got that and you've got instrumental players that are also listening to like you know my lead guitar player could shred a7x but he also loved john mayer mm. you know he loved like blues guitar yeah and, you know so we all wanted to kind of come together and rose gold was where we started kind of putting those new styles of leads and, and new styles of you know guitar tones and, and new softer tones of singing and, mm. and stuff like that uh into the mix but um it was a double-edged sword mm-hmm. um whenever you open up into a genre that you're trying to bend you know what i mean there becomes a whole lot more of a subjective like a sub 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 subjective <laughs> yeah you know what i mean <clears throat> opinions between yeah like we all know we want this general umbrella <laughs> sound but under that umbrella there's a hundred different things to disagree about yeah you know what i mean and before rose gold came out god like man like two or three different versions of that song really where we so yeah like the pre-chorus part was like written a little bit differently beforehand and then like the chord progression for the verse changed once or twice mm. and then i ended up writing the chord progression for the chorus just because i straight up didn't like the chorus progression originally yeah and um so i literally sent him i was like these chords i played it on an acoustic guitar <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like do this Corey, do, Corey, do this in bar chords i don't know what drop to here man. Like, <laughs> i know the key though whatever um but yeah so that song came out we were really happy with it and everything mm-hmm. like that like i said it was like one of the last music videos that jeremy brookover ever did um and cory morrison helped us too i think he did some of the editing also some of the shots as well on that one he was okay. like pat, he's pat the humans uh vocalist i believe okay or he was mm-hmm. when they were together but um yeah so whenever we started making uh we made two more songs we made a song that was objectively kind of metal mm-hmm. and not it was actually completely metal <laughs> yeah it wasn't it wasn't like rose gold was uh we had that song and it was going to be called legacy and i wrote it about luca who's who's my oldest son mm-hmm. uh around the time that he was born and um we had that one on the back burner uh we had some stuff that you know didn't quite go as planned we were trying to work with a with a a bigger name producer and that we went to him and yeah. got it done, but what we got back, we were not a fan of. Mm-hmm. But um, 
so we have like a like a demo version of that song as well as all the stems and uh then we wrote this song called uh spark i wrote the song about i wrote spark about uh brie who's my wife now mm -hmm. uh around the time that we started dating and that was the song that tore the band what the fuck oh, apart okay so this is a this is kind of a cool story because it leads it leads to a cool matter that that goes around um so it's obviously like a love song, but it is a very intense song. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's got it's got the belting, and I think it's arguably got the best chorus of any song that Lifefall's ever had. And uh, Brandon agrees. And so I need this. I'll, I'll show it to you. Yes. <laughs> I'll show it to you. Yeah, um, I, we I have the version that we made, like the the pre pro version. It doesn't actually sound like a pre pro. It sounds it sounds decent, but yeah. you could tell it doesn't sound like if Brandon kissed it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but so I wrote that song, and they were just dead set on that they didn't like like the pre-chorus that I wrote. So I rewrote that pre-chorus like four or five times, and then I finally got that. And the first line of the lyrics are, um, "It's I see fireworks when I look in your eyes," mm -hmm. and <laughs> I love Randy to death. <laughs> Rand, Randy, he was he was a polyphious drummer. He was a Life Falls drummer as well. Um, he's like Hunter. I like I love the song. I love every single note in it. But I'm not releasing this song because <laughs> yeah. those lyrics right there are G's. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like and I was like I was like, well, dude, the the song is called Spark, and if you take away that line from the song, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah, because like it doesn't. The the other part that it ties into is like the bridge part. The bridge lyrics are like, "It's the way you light my sky in the darkest night. Diamonds embedded in your eyes, and they shine so bright. And it came as no surprise the way you something in my life. Uh, <laughs> you are the spark inside me. And it goes, you are. I, I see fireworks when I look in your eyes. So it's like if you take away that line, it shatters the the illusion. Yeah, the, like the illusion yeah. to the rest of the like, yeah, the, the like version. the whole metaphor. And um, yeah, so I was like dead on it. I was like, there's nothing wrong with this. And then I went as far as like, I sent it to like 20 of my friends. Yeah. And I was like, y'all look. And I sent them like screenshots. All my friends were like, there's nothing wrong with that line. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that line. This song's the best song y'all had. But, you know, it, it was to it was to no avail. And, you know, we had we had some like sighting issues mm -hmm. in the band. It's nothing bad. Like all of us are like still cool and yeah. everything like that. It was just you know like creative differences and like work ethic differences some of us were like able to contribute some of us were really really str like struggling mm -hmm. you know what i mean it was just like it was too topsy-turvy to get any sort of like stability to get any you know? kind of traction to yeah and then and then like <laughs> like three of us like i think yeah me me randy and michael are all married now okay yeah some responsibilities yeah <laughs> and um i met i met yeah, I met Bree about a year after Randy met Anna, mm -hmm. and I think yeah, we were the first two. And then Michael just got married recently. Michael Brazil, Brazil right? Yeah, yeah, who was who was Erlen's who was Erlen's drummer? He was my bassist, or he was Lightfall's. Lightfall's, yeah. It's my band. <laughs> Don't remind me of my old self. Do not remind me of my old self. Hey, your old self is all right, all right. That, that, that I have that, my moments. <laughs> I was, um, I was sort of. I had this. I had this perception because I grew up like looking at like Axl Rose and like uh, Jim Morrison. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was too stupid to know that that's not a good way to that's be. That's not a good way to be. But I was like, I'm a rock from it. I gotta be like in your face. I'm not. If I'm not saying something racier out there, you know, it's not. It's not characteristic yeah you know not everyone can get away with what ronnie's getting away with shit you know what i mean i am holy shit yeah <laughs> wow 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 the fact that he's got a flourishing career is like is nuts it's i like nuts. his music i like his music it's Don't pretty get me wrong. Nuts, yeah my my wife is like a huge absolutely huge ronnie fan mm. like you know just especially all the old stuff all the new stuff i think i was the first person to show her the band too Ooh. yeah People hate, but my senior year of high school, I was bumping the Druggers Me and You's album on the way to school for like, I don't know, two, three months. <laughs> like straight up, I knew every word to the whole album. Um, but yeah, so um, whenever whenever uh, we couldn't get together about what to do with Spark, I said, okay, well, I know that I wrote like the, I know that I wrote the chorus progression to the song mm -hmm. and I wrote all the uh, vocals and the lyrics. And so I was like, okay, so we're not ever going to release this song. We're not ever going to release Legacy. Mm -hmm. And so 
It's going to be kind of cool. I don't know if it's going to be the first song or the second song or the third song on my solo album, but we're making like a so you can thing use out of it. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. That's but I'm not using, it's not going to have any of the guitar parts or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah. it's nothing like, and it's going to be in like a different key and everything like that. But it's a love song. You know what I mean? See, it's you a very get to put song. it out. You know what I mean? I will like tell something. you, bro, I am, I, th- I really hope that y'all like it. Uh, it's a super close song to me. Um, and, I'm just stoked for it. I mean, it's a cool fucking story. Like, literally, you wrote this like into like dating who is now like your wife. Like, you just yeah. got married. Like, fucking yeah. This I was year. like, I can't. I was like, I'm not letting this. Like, song how die. do you let it go? You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, song die. And it's too good. I'm telling you. I'm yeah. telling you. Like, Brandon is really stoked on it too because he always told me that we were crazy for breaking up. Mm-hmm. Like, right whenever we were making those songs, just because yeah. like, dude, like y'all were. He's like, y'all were evolving. Like, y'all were arguing like hell, but y'all were in the midst of making like. You know stuff that was exactly what you wanted to make. Yeah, you were just too touchy on each other about it. Which, which kind of sucks, but you know, it, it unfortunately like that's one of the things that happens like on on bands and collaborative efforts. It's like those that's the type of like issues that you will run into, and it's just like, can you like work through them, or is like, is it something that can't you know be compromised? Yeah. But yeah, I definitely feel like that was the case, like because I was like, oh, like when the when you, the Life IP came out, and I'm like, this is real, like this is really good. But then Rose Gold came out, and I'm like, they fucking know what they're doing. Like, like <laughs> I was like, this was fucking cool. I was like, but this one was like, I was like, they, I don't know what the fuck just happened. Like, we they, we fooled you into thinking we knew what we were doing. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> we were like, we were like, we got the song done, and then immediately it was like, holy fuck, what do we do next? <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, where do I we was go from here? So I was like, damn, that the video. Man, yeah, like Jeremy really delivered on it. To be honest, we walk, we did. You've been to Fabrication Yard, Mm-mm. Dallas. You know that place that all those people take uh, photo shoots at in Dallas. They take photo shoots. It looks like a graffiti yard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, people gotcha. do photo shoots and music videos mm-hmm. there. Yeah, that's where we shot like the the main gist of it. The only part that I didn't like is that we found this used mattress, and oh. they made me put like my bare knees on it. For a scene, and I was like, I don't know what the what this what mattress is, been through, <laughs> if, or if who it's, it's been beneath. <laughs> like, but uh, <laughs> so that was fun. I also got to uh, kick a mannequin that was on fire. I, so that yeah. was that was fun. He's like, Yo, you got one shot at this. I'm gonna light this thing on fire. You have three seconds to get really, really angry and front kick this thing Spartan style as hard as you can. And I. Uh, that was a good day for me because I was actually going through stuff with, you know, you can imagine. Him. <laughs> and uh, I needed to get some, you know, healthy, you know, healthy aggression out. And I actually kicked that mannequin so hard. You know how, like, whenever you screw it in? Yeah. Uh, there's the metal part, obviously. I uh, kicked it so hard that the metal part broke and separated the <laughs> bottom out. Yeah, I was mad. You're going through some shit. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was scared because I was like, dude, I've never, like, done something on this, like, camera. Like, what if I, like, get mad that I just, like, front kick and miss? <laughs> like, we can't light it on fire again and there's not another. <laughs> so I was trying to get fumed up all while being like, oh, my God, am I about to make a complete embarrassment out of myself? You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was super crazy. But, um, but yeah, so, like, that was, that was the kind of story about that. But whenever we released... Uh, Rose gold. We didn't. We had no idea we were going from there. We were just like, "This is cool. Let's try and damn." I was fooled. Do something <laughs> even better. I know the same thing happened with Hollow Wealth though, because Hollow Wealth, basically nobody's heard the stuff that they've they were writing, but they were going too. in a more pop direction. Yeah, I need that too. Oh yeah, you need to figure this out how to get that from Brandon. Oh yeah, <laughs> and like I know, I know, uh, I know, like Lucas, who's Lucas, is one of my favorite freaking metal singers that there is. He's, Awesome guy, yeah. Awesome, awesome vocalist, and uh, th- it was it was just the same as Life All. Like this song was so catchy, uh, yeah. But they were they weren't like they weren't like metal or hard like heavy rock even like compared to that stuff. But they were just so good, yeah. But you know, it, it's always touchy whenever you got audiences in the scene like that, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't know necessarily how to touch something different than they've known from the yeah. same group guys is different with issues where they come out of the gate and we're like we're r&b metal yeah you know what i mean it's it's different you know whenever you're an evolving type thing genre wise and um you know that was it was just something that you know going back i wish i wish we could have i don't know isolated and addressed a little bit more mm. but it was all part of a process now like we say working with a team is it's a hard thing obviously mm-hmm but I've been wanting to make a solo record even whenever I was in a band. 
but I always said I wanted to have it be with a really, really good producer. And up that many years ago, I was way too broke to be <laughs> to even that stack, like dreaming, <laughs> even dreaming about having like a album produced by a team like Never Satisfied's got. Um, like a person that I regularly hang out with, who's still who's from the scene, is uh, Blake from Concepts. From Concepts, we're talking like the nut singer, like Concepts, like uh, they were uh, they were post band. Uh, I forget what they were signed to shit. But he's got dude, he's yeah. got one of those nuts like Spencer Satello voices. You know oh, what I mean? Fuck. Like, dude, yeah, they're they they have like covers and stuff on YouTube, like. Pop goes punk covers that have like a million or two million views. (laughs) Yeah, he's like he's like pop R and B writer dude. I'm telling you, his his melody writing skills, his hook writing skills is like up there with Bieber. Like it's I don't even know if Bieber writes most of the songs. I know like I know Ed Sheeran wrote "Love Yourself." Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, he's he's definitely up there. Like man, he's I've been working and putting it down. You know, he's got all sorts of shit like that. <laughs> like, it's just everything he does is super catchy. And, you know, we're in the studio together. And even though it's my album, like, I'm I'm having all these people in mm-hmm. to at least, at the very least, like, check my work. I'm like, yo, here's this. Let me know what you think about it. You know, should I change, like, this note to this note? What do you think about this line right here? It's, it's a team environment similar to how a band is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Except they allow... Like the structural aspect mm. to be with me. I am not like locked into, you know, like this is how the song I have is and it's perfect. I don't want anybody to change it because, mm. like, I know my ass can be corrected. Well, that's, like, I mean, that goes I back want, into I want someone to get a better ear. Yeah, that goes back mine. into literally, like, the, I feel like the theme of this whole podcast is just like to keep learning. And, like, I've, that's one thing, like, writing with other people is just like one of the greatest experiences. One, like, again, they point out stuff that, like, you're right like that that is cooler but it's also because you're in the driver's seat you're still like you know what i i still like want to keep like maybe what i did you know what i mean but i have this input that i also can like take in <clears throat> and like working with a team is hard but once you get your right team like that's where like you get to actually like pick the people who are contributing and also like in this case <clears throat> you get to pick what types of contributions you will accept like from them you know what, I mean? yeah. what can i put into actually my work that i feel will elevate it you know what i mean not just what's going to change it but what's going to make it a better song because at the end of the day that's the fucking goal the goal is to make bangers i'm sorry <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know what I mean? and it is really cool like i said i've one of my vocal students is um is uh lardy b mm-hmm. if you know who lardy b is check her out <laughs> um and so it's just a part of the family like i'm not just a ghostwriter but like you know i've started vocal producing and vocal coaching within within the studio so it's it's a growing family mm-hmm. you know we all respect each other a lot like they want me to hop in on their sessions and do the same thing that they do for mine yeah you know what i mean it's, it's a really cool family dynamic you know we're we're planning trips we're doing writing camps we basically lock ourselves in there that's over so the weekend cool. yeah. you know what i mean it's 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 so cool and i just i never thought i would find a group of people that are that are like them mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's a blessing would be an understatement. Yeah. Like to be honest, just to have the kind of mind that I've got and to be lucky enough to be surrounded by people that are good and talented the way that they are is just I'm living on Mars, dude. <laughs> I swear. None of this is real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't It's a simulation. Yeah. <laughs> My, if there's anything to talk about the simulation is that I've been playing a lot of Minecraft with the kids. Okay, like <laughs> We could be in a simulation too. <laughs> like I'm, we may not be eight bits, but like you know, we're I don't know, 128. Bits. <laughs> well, that's fucking cool, man. I'm I'm happy that you've like found the team to work with that meets <clears throat> the same kind of character, which is which is what they say all the time when you're working towards something. You need to keep people around you that are going to push you like that extra step people that yeah make you uncomfortable sometimes with like what you're being able to do to elevate what you're doing you find the right team you're always learning um and that's really fucking cool dude i'm actually like super excited to i mean next week you're starting to work on this so um i'm excited to hear what the fuck that's you're gonna be putting out i've always been a super big fan and I, i know uh people out there are just gonna love this shit like the songs that you put out recently uh have been sick as fuck. It just gives me a little taste of what, like, like on. I think "Loving Regret" still has like some of that belting, like in the middle somewhere. And oh, I'm like, speaking of this, yeah. Um, so Decadon, uh, who's who's one of the two guys that I made uh, "Love and Regret" with, um, him and I made another song recently called mm-hmm. "Dangerous" mm-hmm. that just came out. <clears throat> and uh, go check that out. Uh, Lo- uh, "Love and Regret" and "Dangerous" by Decadon. Uh, I sang on both of them, and um, so 
on July 16th, I believe, I'm flying up to Denver, uh, Colorado, for a global dance festival. It's like mm-hmm. one of the, it's like the biggest dance festival that there is all year in Denver. Yeah. And uh, Decadon is a hometown boy there. And the I'm a little bit scared, okay? So, like, the biggest crowd that I've ever sang for in my life was 22,000 people whenever I sang the national anthem at the American Airlines Stadium. Okay. Or American Airlines Center. It's a stadium, isn't it, still? Probably, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, um, so that was 22,000 people, and that was only one song I didn't even write, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, this crowd's supposed to be, like, ten or 15,000 people, and I'm doing an original yeah. song. <laughs> so I've been, Fun. like, practicing it, like, a ton lately, and I'm just like, yo, let's, like... I'm getting all like the gear set up and everything and make sure the sounds all good. But that's going to be uh that's going to be something nuts. Like that I've never experienced anything like that in my entire the life. The energy at a concert like that. All right. I mean, even though it's like sure, it might be a little less people than you performed before, definitely people are not getting as hyped for the national anthem yeah. than they are for like a like a festival like this and like just that energy alone is going to be fucking insane to experience, dude. That's going to be fucking sick. Yeah, I was I was surprised because we were always talking about like which festival because he's he's becoming a pretty large DJ. Mm-hmm. Like even since I started working with him, he's hustling, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. so much respect for him as an artist. Wow. Um, but yeah, so like we're gonna be we're gonna be doing it in Denver in his hometown crowd, and he's on main stage at like. 8 p.m. like five hours into the festival or something like that so it's like prime fucking spot yeah (laughs) yeah so that's one thing that i'm really super excited about um i'm just right i'm writing a bunch more songs i think i have almost three songs done for my solo album Mm. fireworks gonna be one or actually i don't want to call it firework because it'll be confused with Katy perry (laughs) you know like his first single's a cover of Katy perry no but like no uh, (laughs) yeah it's a that's just a couple of things that i'm stoked for um Trying to stay healthy. <laughs> Trying to stay healthy. I, sl- I slim. I sl- I like slimmed down, and then I got like jacked as I ever was, and then like got fat from there, and then lost muscle, and, fat. <laughs> and then now I'm like sort of getting the muscle back slowly. But I will say, uh, working out consistently is like a thing that if no matter what you do or what you love, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Even if it like I don't, if you don't do cardio. Just lift weights. If you don't want to lift weights, just do cardio. Just mm. something to activate yourself. I mean, what that does to the brain, dude. I'm something telling you because I get mood and fucking shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that was that was one thing that I learned. I had a I had a good buddy uh, named Luke, uh, like four years ago. That really kind of like showed showed me that and mm. kind of how it applies as an artist. And so I always like kind of preach that. You yeah. know, now that doesn't say like, you know, don't go party ever or anything like that. Yeah. Now, like I party, bro. I party. <laughs> Well, responsibly. Responsibly. As a right? parent, okay? You're a parent. You're, I don't need CPS. Now, all right? You got a lot of good shit going for you. Um, I, I appreciate you coming on, honestly. Uh, I Definitely. could keep talking, like, oh, honestly, yeah, too. No, except we, these, <laughs> we cover the bases. We cover yeah. the bases. So I'm sure, like, I'm sure, like, after, like, you're working on your album, come back, we'll have you back on, because there's so much more <clears> that we could easily talk about. Um, but again, dude, I really appreciate that. So check out literally everything that this man is working on. Um, I know those singles with Deccan on and Mashfit. So we have Love and Gret and Dangerous. It came out. New solo album with, uh, what's the production company again? Uh, Never Satisfied Never Productions. Satisfied Productions. And Go record with them, make an album with them. They're in Carrollton, Texas. Bam. Yep. And then, yep. Everything that uh, you have coming out, let us know, and then we'll promote the shit out of it. Because, yeah, like I said, I've been a fan for a long time, and, and I'm lucky that like yeah, I get to call you a friend as well. So I'm always definitely my brother, always. Absolutely. But thank you guys for listening, watching, and see you guys next time. Peace out. <laughs>